Welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review. Our several-year mission will be to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. We will be reviewing every Star Trek comic book ever published. These stories have been released by Gold Key, Marvel, DC, Malibu, Wildstorm, Tokyo Press, IDW, and others. Star Trek and all that the Star Trek universe contains is copyrighted by CBS Studios, Inc. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken. It's episode 228 and it's recorded January 16th, 2016. So today we're finishing off the Star Trek Green Lantern Spectrum War crossover. Right. Six parts total and we're doing the last three. And finding out what the heck's going on here with this Necron guy and whoever. Right. So, uh... I think we've mentioned it before. This was a crossover. Neither one of us really thought would happen. You know, when you're a kid and you're thinking of all the crossovers, I don't think either one of us thought Green Lantern and Star Trek. No. But uh, but in my opinion, I think it's all worked out, and it definitely had a few surprises. Oh, it had surprises. And um, the ultimate conclusion on how they were able to overcome basically death itself uh, without using the Genesis device is uh, interesting. Um, And uh, we should talk about it at the end. Right. Well, okay, yeah, let's do so. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But but just real quick, on the grand scheme of all the other crossovers we've had Star Trek into... uh, you know, the Planet of the Apes, the, um, what was it, uh, X-Men? Oh, X-Men, right. What, right, else, right, right. what else have we crossed over? Actually, into? that's a good one. X-Men's a good one. We've also crossed over the Legion of the Superheroes, but we've not covered it in the show yet. So. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm feeling that there was another one that we're, oh, the Doctor Who, that was good. right. So in all of them, where would you place this one? I mean, out of all the crossovers we've read, which has been your favorite and which one? And where would you put this one? Well, Planet of the Apes is number one. Okay. I think, well, Planet of the Apes and the Doctor Who crossover. Right. Those are are the best, in my opinion. Um, They're... they're, Definitely Planet of the Apes was thinking outside the box. I was not expecting that. But in those two cases, they're kind of the same thing in the fact that they're both, uh, all, th- all three of those are science fiction stories trying to be somewhat realistic. Right. Whereas the X-Men and the Green Lantern is crossing over into um, comic book space which tends to be a little bit more fantastic. Yes. Right. So there's a little bit more of a, oh, Star Trek. They're at least trying to be realistic. And then you got Green Lantern flying around in space with a green aura around him with power things coming out of his, his ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is fine. It's good. I like it. It's just not really, uh, not really the same things. Not quite the same thing, right? Right. Well, so, which one? Which one did you think was executed better—the X Men crossover or the Green Lantern one? I like the Green Lantern one better. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I mean the X Men one was fine, um, and they didn't get too whacked as far as 
at least I don't think so, with the superhero powers getting too much into the mix. Right. I don't think. But this is more interesting. Uh, right. Well, they had more time to flesh out a story. This right. had six issues where both of the X-Men crossovers were one-shots that they had to right. squeeze it all in. Right. Okay. All and, right. Well, and you, what's your favorite? Uh, I, I would say the Doctor Who was probably my favorite just because that was a crossover I always wanted. Right. And then uh, then Planet of the Apes, then this one, and then X-Men. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, well, let's see how this one all finishes out with the, with the final of the uh, miniseries. Okay, cool. So issue number four, Spectrum War Part 4, was published October 2015. Writer is Mike Johnson. Artist is Angel Hernandez. Letterer Neil y- Yataki. Colors Alejandro Sanchez. Editors Sarah Gatos from IDW. And then Jim Chadwick from DC. Cover A presents a character named Necron, who is the physical embodiment of death. He looks like a corpse, well along in his decomposition, with his glowing blue heart exposed in his open chest. He is huge, and swinging his scythe at the Enterprise. Okay, so cover 4B... Cover 4B shows uh, Kirk, Spock, Chang... And Green Lantern looking on as we see um, uh, big fights below with several characters and a legion of uh, dead people walking forward. Uh, The sub, uh, the subscription, that subscription, it's SUV a subscription, right? Right. The subscription cover shows um, Praetor Decius, shows Praetor Decius. Uh, his big head looking over where uh, his hand and a bunch of orange power is all around the Enterprise. It looks like he's going to crush it with his hands and ring power. <laughs> death is a constant in every universe. And Necron, Necron is death. Inevitable, unstoppable, and yet another lantern falls. A dead fist mercilessly enters the living chest and another heart is snuffed out. Even sworn enemies unite to stand against the coming darkness, but to no avail. Carol Ferris of the Star Sapphire Corps is recounting the final hours of Green Lantern's universe. Necron and his Legion of the Undead outnumber the living by too great a margin to overcome. Ganthet did what he could to save the last of the living, but in doing so likely doomed the second dimension to the same death. Hal Jordan asks, how could the last light employed by Ganthet have brought over Necron? He is pure entropy, which is the opposite of the ring-wielders who should have been the only ones swept there. Swept here. Spock states that since entropy is theoretically an inescapable characteristic of every known dimension, Necron likely exists in some form in every dimension. Carol agrees with Spock's logic and calls him handsome much to Ohura's displeasure. Hal responds to Kirk's question as to why they cannot beat Necron this time, since they beat him once before by by using White Lantern Kyle Rayner, who is unfortunately dead. 
Necron killed him first this time, since he was previously able to unite and focus the power of the entire Lantern Corps against Necron. Worse, Hal explains their rings are running out of power. If McCoy cannot save Saint Walker, who can use his blue ring to keep the other rings charged, they will be powerless sooner than later. Even with the rings of the remaining lanterns fully charged, they are too few to beat Necron's Legion of the Dead. Kirk says, so it's an Owen situation. You came to the right ship. Meanwhile on Romulus, Larflees is demonstrating to the newly ring-powered Praetor that it is he who is in charge, not the Praetor. The Praetor tells Larflees that the Romulan Empire must break out of the stagnation that the detente with the Federation has put them in. Larflees likes the idea of conflict and asks if this Federation would have anything he would want. McCoy demonstrates his newfound compassion by feeding and providing the recovering Scotty with anything he wants through the power of his newfound ring. Scotty passes on the food while he studies the scans he took of the power rings. He is fascinated with the incredible technology they contain and wonder how he might be able to replicate them. Carol Ferris offers to start training Ohura, but since she is on duty, Ohura declines until later. Ohura reports a distress call from Commander Kane at Starbase 12. Green Lantern suspects less friendly lanterns may be behind the attack. They speed to Starbase 12, with Green Lantern in the lead. They find the two Red Lanterns, Atrocious and Glacon, the Gorn, attacking the station, hoping to draw the Federation fleet to them. Sinestro and, Ke- and Chang arrive and attack Atrocitus first, then Glocon. The Green Lantern, the Enterprise, and other Good Lanterns arrive. Hal attacks Sinestro. Kirk orders Chekhov to target and fire his power ring upped photon torpedoes at Sinestro. Sinestro gets angry and attacks the Enterprise. He crawls into the minds of the bridge crew and lets loose manifestations of their worst fears. Hal enters the bridge and finds everyone unconscious. He seats himself at the con and uses his ring's power to create a huge energy version of the Enterprise. Through gritted teeth, Hal merely says, Let's do this. Meanwhile, on the reassembled planet Vulcan, the ground begins to stir. A hand breaks out of the ground, followed by gray, decaying forms. Holy Vulcan zombies, Batman! To be continued. Holy Vulcan zombies. Batman, yes! Holy Vulcan zombies! There's plenty of them. There's There's a lot. There's a whole planet full. Exactly. So, I got a question for you, Ken. Uh, I got an answer, maybe. So, Hal Jordan makes a giant Enterprise around the original Enterprise? He does that. But he switches the registration number from NCC-1701 to NCC-2814? Why? Good. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Okay, 2814. Now, that's not the sector he patrols, is it? Oh, it is. Good point. Okay. But because... it still says USS Enterprise, but it has the registration of 2814. Yeah, which is a really interesting uh, detail to throw in there. 
and I didn't even catch it. I was just wondering what 2814 could mean. Well, I didn't even know that was Hal's sector. Yeah. Until until the end in the, in the last sixth issue of this thing, he mentions what sector he patrols. Right. And it was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Or if I did know it when I was a kid, I promptly forgot it. Right. Yeah, I used to have a friend and he could tell you what like every lantern's uh sector number is sector number was oh my god and I was just, <laughs> i'm sure he couldn't do everyone but that's pretty impressive yeah he's like oh chip is chip's sector is blah 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 and i'm like what that's even a thing i would be so i would be as somebody who inhabited that sector i would be like i got a squirrel protecting me i don't know <laughs> Chip. Anyway, I'm glad you caught that because I I was really kind of wondering what two eight one four could be. I feel I feel stupid now. Don't feel stupid. So, anyways, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. Uh, I am a little disappointed that the crew succumbed to Sinestro's power so easily. But in the end, they're just people. You know, they're just normal people. Although a f- a some ring-powered people were involved in that little attack. Right. Um, ring-powered crew, Chekhov and Ahura. But, um, or not, Uhura, it not was, Ahura, uh, but Chekhov. McCoy. McCoy was also affected. Okay, McCoy then. So uh, it's just kind of disappointing that we're so so weak and useless so far. But, um, yeah, I mean, he is Sinestro. He's ring-powered and he's powerful. He's got the yellow ring, baby. So, um, yeah, I'm just disappointed that that our so far we're kind of useless right. humans. Well, and Vulcans too. Well, I mean, okay, fine. Yes. I mean, look, look at Spock. He looks so angry in that picture, like he can't control his own emotions. Oh, angry and and fearful. I mean, I think I think the look they drew on his face is really out there. It looked like it was a, a picture from. The Wrath of Khan when he screams out Khan. Oh, maybe that's where they got it from. Ooh, that's interesting. Huh. But he has a very... I mean, they all have strong reactions. Right. But Spock has a particularly strong reaction. Yeah, I was surprised they were all knocked out with just one shot. I mean, aside from that, did the Enterprise really do anything except just get them there? Uh, Yeah, that's really it. It's like, hey, we're here, and we're all down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now what I wonder is when I got to the end of this issue is like oh okay so he's got a ringed up version of the Enterprise how is he going to take everybody on I mean he's still only got one ring it's, you know but okay let's see what happens one ring it looks cool one ship right and really it's just a construct so right. okay yes yeah, so Chang is controlling a whole fleet of Klingon ships with his ring, right? Right. So right. he's like somehow manipulating the controls or whatever so that it's the actual ships flying around and, and doing things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is Hal Jordan doing the same thing to the Enterprise since all the bridge crews are down? Well, or is I'm, it just like I'm tucked a, away I'm inside this so. giant green construct? Well, so well, my it, question the is: picture Is the Enterprise saw... actually doing anything, or is it just kind I have of no there idea. tucked away? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's just tucked away. But yeah, that's what I think so too. Yeah, 
And as far as those constructs are concerned, I mean, does I suppose Chang? I mean, he did have one ship, uh, but that's where they. Whatever the, the the whole idea of the construct ships, so many of them being in the picture at this point seems very artificial to me. Um, like why does he have that many ships? How could he really control all of them? And how much power could it really be if it's being fed by the One Ring? Right. Um, well, that's why I think but, these ships aren't constructs. I think these ships are actual ships that he's somehow controlling. But they're all glowy and stuff. Because he's controlling them. Well, how would he get – okay, so he he did take over the rule – I mean he controls Klingon now, Kronos right. and the Klingon Empire. Yep. Uh, so sure, certainly he could get that many ships. Yeah, um, a fleet under his command. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Okay. It, it is not explained. I mean well, no, it does I, look I, like physical ships, but they all have that green aura around them. Right. So they don't look like constructs to me. Oh, hmm. Okay. Yeah, they did to me, but I guess I should have looked more closely, I guess. Okay, well. But yeah, maybe maybe there's people in there, and when he, you know, he's just giving them uh, the yellow shields, maybe that's all he's really doing. Maybe. And the fact he's got so many ships will be important in the next issue. Right. But. Yeah, so, uh, so I thought the Vulcan zombies, you know... Interesting way to end the issue, you know, setting things up for the next issue. Um, almost. Well, actually, I oh, guess yeah. it's setting it up for the end. Is it the – well, we'll see in the next issue. But there's there's something going on before we switch to Vulcan. Right. Well, we so. still got this – I mean, all the Enterprise is dead. All the Enterprise crew is dead, so, I mean, we got to finish that off. They're not dead. Incapacitated. Incapacitated. That. Well, why would you say dead? Unless you're trying to have a hook for people. Yeah, I'm trying to hook them in. They look dead. Okay. Well, just wait. Yeah. Find out next week if they're really dead. Right. <laughs> Do you really think that McCoy would just be floating around, offering tea and stuff to people? His <laughs> uh, power ring. Well, they're they, taking an opportunity for a little levity, obviously. But right. um, so is he affected? By the compassion of the purple ring? Is that yeah. the deal? Makes him less prickly. So Tomato it appears. soup, sir. Here you go. <laughs> Is there anything I can do for can you? Can I fluff that pillow for you? Scotty? And literally, I could do just about anything you want, Scotty. So what can I do for you? Yeah. Yeah, it just seems weird. I mean, he's, af- he's even asking, do you want a cookie or anything? I'll get you one. That's not McCoy. <laughs> no, it isn't. He's it's not like- McCoy. He's like, your legs ain't breaking, go get your own cookie. I got real work to do. (laughs) Yeah. But I did like how Scotty was uh, trying to figure out how the rings work. Well, yeah. It's technology, and it's technology he doesn't understand. So he does everything he can to understand it. I just hope they take proper advantage of it. Because if Scotty is indeed able to replicate a ring, a power ring, I certainly hope they leverage it more than just having one guy use it, use one. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I don't, I don't think he should be able to replicate it. I still think there should be that little tinge of its unattainable knowledge that even Scotty, the miracle worker, shouldn't be able to figure out. It's it because they're made of unobtainium. So come on. Not quite, but you're close. 
And another thing is, how is he going to power it if he does replicate it? Right. Don't you need one of these uh, ring lantern thingies? Right. That has existed since the dawn of time. Oh, is it? Oh, really? That long? Okay. Well, the the Guardians were there at the dawn of time, and they harnessed the power. The dawn of time? Yeah. The dawn of time. Right at the Big Bang, they were there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, one of the, one of the Green Lantern novels that, that they did make an audiobook of, that I think I let you borrow once, um, it, it actually has, has that in there, where oh. there's somebody trying to, uh, unravel time, unravel the Big Bang, and you, you can actually, you actually go back and you can see how the Guardians were there. Even ah, back then. Interesting. With God's hand out in the cosmos opening it up and allowing the uh, the light out. Uh-huh. Cool. Pretty interesting. I, I, I never took advantage of that book. <laughs> oh, well. I'll have to anyway. one of these days. Anyway, so back to my – there's no going back in this universe. The whole Klingon, the whole Klingon ruling council dead. The whole Romulan Senate dead. So or dead or switched over to the power of the orange ring or whatever. Right. Well, definitely the, the main point. The definitely main... The, the, the 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 Romulans are all dead except for one guy. He killed them all. All of the the Senate. Right. The Praetor. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think he disintegrated them in issue number three. And then here he reconstructed them as orange constructs. Huh. Huh. Okay. Uh, I definitely remember the orange constructs, which he tried to use against Larflees, but... Right. Um, well, he was in charge anyway. Uh, uh, although there were some people in the Senate that were like starting to stand up to him. But he had power. And now he's got the ring power, so now he's really got power. And but so still, yes, hundred percent agreed. So ultimate power in Chang's hand uh, for the Klingon Empire. Ultimate power in um, in the Praetor and Glaucon, by the way, also has ultimate power since he killed his father. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah, but at least he didn't like wipe out all the ruling clan. I mean, there's still other people in his clan. Okay, but what is does I don't that know. Matter? I'm just saying. I mean, the just... main point is they got ultimate power. Right. The bad guys. Right. And it didn't really hit me until this issue that that even the DC universe is totally screwed. <laughs> I mean, basically, the whole DC universe has been destroyed at this point. You, you find out that everybody's dead. Yeah. Not, not just the Lanterns. Necron didn't just beat the Lanterns and the Guardians. The whole universe is dead. So... There's no Superman, there's no Batman, there's nothing in the DCU that would that would still exist. Which that's pretty huge too. You, I keep waiting for the reset button. I'm like, you're you okay, now you have to reset it. You can't just destroy <laughs> not only a whole universe of beloved characters, but then also the power uh the seats of power for the three main bad guys in Star Trek. You can't, you can't right. just how do you walk away from this and, and just say you need a reset button? I agree. You need the reset button, which I don't like. I don't like the reset button, but you know I'm going. Well, 
there's no other way. Well, we'll see what happens. Going to happen. We'll see what happens in uh, in in these this next uh, hour or so. Right. Exciting. Okay. I wanted to bring up something. Okay. So you got these lanterns flying around, and they're beating on each other, and they're like, oh, you know, you know, they they, they seem to be feeling pain and stuff, but. As much as they beat on each other, you know, nobody dies. You know, it's just like, eh. And then you got the Enterprise coming over, and they fire phasers and stuff, and photon torpedoes. And, you know, even normal, non-amped up phasers and photon torpedoes, that's a lot of destructive power. Wouldn't you think that would have some effect on something? Uh, But it doesn't seem to. It's just more of the same thing. They just fire at each other. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of winds of pain in Sinestro, and but it's fine. They just keep on fighting. It's like we just, yeah, the Enterprise is useless so far. So far, it just it's just a it's just a no. It's more the same thing. It's right. like the the crew is down, boom, like crazy. Phasers and photon torpedoes, even amped up stuff, doesn't seem to do that much. Right. Yeah, they really should have shown the photon torpedoes just like tearing through all the Klingon ships or something as opposed to just that one hitting Sinestro and he's just like, ugh, you fools. You do not realize that I'm now pissed. And then he wins. (laughs) One sentence and he's like, yeah, I'm in your brain. (laughs) Do something about it. You can't. Anyway. No, good point. I mean, like like I said earlier, the Enterprise just seemed like it was the the train that was going to take them to the place and that was about it. Right. And... And the Green Lanterns don't need it. I mean, they just fly in space. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the Enterprise supposedly can lay waste to an entire planet's surface. Right? Uh, so, Gold Key, sure. That's, well, Gold Key and uh, in the Taz episode, um, Bread and Circus. You know, the, the Roman one. Right. They didn't actually do it, though, did they? No, no, but they, you know, they, they, they said... Uh, the main bad guy, I suppose your ship could probably, you know, why send down a force? I understand your ship can lay waste the entire planet. And then Kirk is like, uh, he doesn't actually say it, but he's like, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, it's and a powerful Genesis ship. Genesis device such a big deal? Well, because you can not only destroy, but you can also recreate. The planet. So not only can the Klingon take over a Federation planet, but they can remake it in their own image. All in like, uh, what, an hour or two? Right. Yeah, it's, it's handy. Minutes. It's handy. Anyway, so, um, whatever. Ah, so, uh, I was just thinking to myself, Sulu hasn't done much so far. Still just in the background. Yeah. I, I Maybe I mentioned that in the last episode, I'm not sure, but he's still doing nothing. Not much. Yep. Piloting the ship. And that's about it. It know? doesn't even need to be there. No. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently can be cracked cracked open like a like an eggshell, as what happened with the Constitution. Right. Uh, last issue. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yes. It's not good. Not looking good for our Starfleet folks. No. So the last thing I have to say is, again, really good artwork, really high-quality stuff. Eye candy color, coloring. It's nice. Yeah. All the lantern stuff really pops. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to say something about Carol Ferris's dress again. No, I think I made that point well enough in the pre- in last issue or last episode. All right. The only thing I have to say is LaFreeze seems pretty chummy with the the Romulan. I mean, because if he's if he's the embodiment of greed, right. I think that he would have just instead of working with him and and training him, right? He would just take the power and go off on his own. Well, maybe he thinks he wants to use him for now. But that's ultimately what he's going to do. Right. Because he's selfish. He's Mr. Selfish. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Any other comments for issue number four? Nada. All right. Well, let's move on to issue five. Uh, This came out November of 2015. All the writing and art staff is the same. So I won't go through that again. Uh, Cover A shows uh, Hal Jordan uh, creating a small bubble around himself, Spock, and Kirk. And attacking them are a horde of zombie Vulcans. Uh, The cover subscription A is Kirk, Spock, Ahura, and Hal Jordan standing on a rock. And beneath them we see dozens of zombie Vulcans. And then uh, the cover B, or sub-cover B, Shows Hal flying through a battlefield of Federation, Klingon, and perhaps Romulan ships. So the story starts with an all-out battle between the various colored lanterns and a fleet of Starfleet ships. Uh, And uh, I I was really confused here because they just, I don't remember them all showing up. So every lantern's there now and uh, and Starfleet ships. It's an all-out battle. So the orange-ringed Romulan uh, is controlling a fleet of Romulan ship constructs with his ring. So these are definitely constructs. You can you can tell they're not physical ships. The yellow-ringed Klingon is controlling what looks like actual ships. And then the uh, blue-ringed Chekhov is providing shields for all of the Starfleet ships there. While everybody else is... Which doesn't make sense because Chekhov's knocked out. Anyways, it looks like all the Federation ships have blue shields, so it's either St. Walker or Chekhov, but I don't think it's St. Walker. Anyways, and then all the other Lanterns uh, are fighting with their uh, typical colored powered light constructs and beams and whatnot. Back on the bridge of the Enterprise, Kirk and the rest of the crew are still knocked out, and Jordan requests Ahura to return to the ship. She does so, and she's able to use her pink light to counter the yellow fear trance that the bridge crew is in. The battle between the colored lights look like it might be swaying towards the evil spectrum, that being yellow, red, and orange. When suddenly the Klingon, Romulan, and Gorn lanterns start fighting amongst themselves, Sinestro turns on them, saying that more is at stake than their petty Alpha Quadrant jealousies. With his leadership, he gets all of the evil lanterns to work together to kill Hal Jordan once and for all. Just as it looks like he might be winning, suddenly three more green lanterns appear. Guy Gardner from Earth, John Stewart from Earth, and Kilowog from the Kilowog planet. I don't actually know where he came from. With the added help, Hal is able to capture Sinestro and put him in the Enterprise's brig, which was made famous by Khan's recent imprisonment there. The Enterprise then warps away from the battle with the Green Lanterns on board to the newly constructed Vulcan for a final confrontation with Necron. 
En route, Scotty shows off that he has indeed created an artificial lantern ring. This ring may not be able to do everything a green lantern ring can do, but it will create a shield around the wearer and allow them to create phaser blasts. Sulu is the lucky guinea pig, and it seems to be working fine. They arrive at Vulcan. The planet is now completely reformed. The four Green Lanterns, Star Sapphire, Spock, Kirk, and the newly ringed Sulu beam down to the planet. There, they are greeted by Necron himself and a planet full of resurrected Vulcan zombies. To be continued. Led by Necron saying, Death. It's a pretty cool uh, one-page uh, thing there. Right. At the end. All of these books, I thought, have had fantastic final pages. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, the issue before showed the Vulcans actually coming out. And the issue before that showed all the chunks of Vulcan kind of fitting Weird. back together. Right. Uh, so, yeah. E- each issue, I thought, have, has ended really well. With Necron just showing what he's capable of doing. Right. Amazing. And hard to beat. How will they beat them? How can you beat death? It's I don't know. we're all going to have to face. And I see a particular zombie right next to Necron's left, his right, who looks somewhat familiar. Uh, the, one, the woman with the... Uh, Shawl or whatever? Uh, the hoodie? I don't know. There's a few of them, so I don't know. You never know. You never know who that could be. Okay, so what color is uh, Chekha, or, uh, Sulu? Uh, he looks white. He looks white to me, too. So you're saying he's the new white lantern? No, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> I'm just commenting on the fact that he looks white. The, the aura around him looks white. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be electrical looking. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he looks white. So the idea that Scotty would not be able to replicate all the true magic of a lantern ring... Makes right. sense to me, Same. but interesting what he was able to accomplish, and where's its power source? Where's it getting all that wonderful power from? Right. Good point. He has I, a little tiny lithium battery in there. A really good one. A really good one. I'll tell you what this reminded me of. What? Uh, as soon as he had the force field around him and stuff like that, it reminded me of Star Trek the Animated Series. Oh, right. Yeah, right. In Star Trek the Animated Series, because they had a limited budget, when they went out EV or to another planet that that had a hostile environment, they didn't put on a big bulky spacesuit. They had a little tiny belt buckle and <laughs> create an aura around them that was supposedly the same thing as a uh, spacesuit. Right. So life support, a little, yeah. a little life support thing going and so when I saw uh, Sulu with this, I was like, ah, that's awesome. They're tying in the animated series. <laughs> no. And I buy this as much as I buy the belt buckle in the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, at least the belt buckle didn't include a firing phaser built into a ring or whatever. So, so can Sulu actually click it between uh, stun and kill? Just by willpower, yep. Ah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, so since it, uh, since it reads his thoughts, 
he better not ever let his uh, mind stray. Nah! <laughs> you know, because there could be a time where it's like, ah, I wish I could kill him. Beep. Even though he would never actually pick up the phaser and do it, but then suddenly, yep. he's dead. Well, quite frankly, that speaks to the whole idea that the crew, some members of the crew are getting this power, and they've got no training. I mean, maybe 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 Star Sapphire was able to do something with her when she got off duty, but I don't see much training going on. Uh, so they're picking things up pretty quick. Well, they are the best of the best. Well, they are, and I saw the Green Lantern movie, and it took Hal a little while to get the hang of it. Plus, he went through training. Right, he had Kilowog. That's right, greatest trainer in the galaxy. Amazing. Anyway, uh, so. There's a blue aura around Vulcan. The re- I thought that was just reconstituted. The, uh, I thought that Vulcan. was just it's still being reformed. Okay. But it does look cool. It looks great. It's just, you know, more lantern energy or just Necron energy or uh, whatever. It, it does match the color of his heart from the cover. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah I, I'm sure that's all by plan. That's good. So, sort of cool how Uhura's new ring power was able to be the opposite of Sinestro's fear power? Right, because everybody knows that the only way to beat fear is through through love. Through love. Okay, (laughs) okay. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It works out. Well, it was funny how Hal called her and not Carol. So, because Carol, like you said, Carol has the training and knows what she's doing out there in the fight. So he doesn't want to pull her in from the fight, so he uh, he pulls Ahura. Right. Who's less useful in the fight. Right. Okay. That, 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 that's, that's a reasonable justification. I think it's more like they just had to give Ahura something to do. But. Or maybe because Ahura actually loves these characters, you know, because she's lived with them for years now. And, Carol and literally doesn't. loves one of them. Yeah, she loves one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh I do like that big Mealy two-page Mealy picture where, that has a whole bunch of other Starfleet ships in the space fight. Right. Looks cool. That was pretty cool. Where the hell did they come from? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it maybe it was part of the distress call uh for the Starbase. So maybe the idea uh, to try to draw Starfleet into uh, a battle uh, right. by attacking the Starbase worked better than than they thought it would. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that was going on, but it's like, oh, hey, where's all these, these starships? And look, there's an old, uh, uh, there's an old Kelvin type ship right there. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. It looks cool, but it's like, uh, okay. Well, I, I guess it's because sometimes you'll see Excelsior-class ships and and maybe even, uh, you know, like the Khan-Reliant-class ships or whatever class those are. Right, right. I mean, those will pop up all over the place. It's like, what? Yeah, one of these ships here in this fight looked like a, a Khan-Reliant-type ship. Oh, oh, really? Oh, boy. Yeah, the, the one right underneath Sinestro, um, kind of where Sinestro turned real quick. Okay. But it's it still a like, reboot one, right? It's a reboot version of it, yeah. Okay. But yeah, even in the dialogue balloons, it's, it has Hal saying reinforcements need to hurry up. 
But in that page, they're already there. They're already in the thick of it. And right. they already have blue auras around them, meaning that they're getting shield Help. power. But from who? Uh, when well, I wrote the synopsis, Chekhov. I thought it was Chekhov. But it he's knocked to. out. He's knocked oh, out. Oh, good point. Good point. And she doesn't wake him up until a couple pages later. Right. So so it must be uh, – oh, is St. Walker walking by this point? Is he nope. back yet? No. Nope. Okay, so it's not him. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, ha, you know, they, I think it would be a bit much to expect that the Enterprise, uh, the green Enterprise would be doing that. So at least they didn't make everything green, although right. that would have probably made more sense than what they're doing now that you think about it. Right. When I was reading it, I loved it. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I, I, I was confused where they came from, but right. I was like, okay, they're here. Chekhov's doing his thing. This is awesome. And then when it wasn't until I was just reading it that I was like, wait a minute. He's knocked out. Right. So I guess you're not supposed to go back and think it too hard. Just right. go with it. Yeah. Because it does look cool. I, I I love these colors. I mean, I yeah. don't know why, but when you have all the lantern powers fighting each other, it is very pretty. It's very pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> and then there's Ohura. Um Able to go toe-to-toe with, what, Atrocious or whatever? Atrocious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's – he should have just – He's pretty, he's pretty powerful. Exactly. And she's able to actually give him a big old punch, punch. of ring, bo- ring power and kind of knock him reeling a little bit when she takes off to help the her crewmates. Right. I don't know. And she obviously learned how to lantern teleport because she just appears in the uh, – Bridge. Oh, that's very handy. Yeah, convenient. Right. Which I've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this guy Gardner guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Enterprise. He's an idiot. All of his taste is in his mouth. He says the Enterprise is an ugly ship. Yeah. What does he know? Excuse me. Uh, I know he's supposed to be a little bit prickly, but you know. All your taste is in your mouth, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Guy Gardner fan. But, you know, he, he's been there forever. Right. right. He was the original. Supposedly he was the uh, alternate choice when the Lantern picked Hal Jordan. It, it also was picking uh, Guy Gardner as the second option. And then John Stewart came way later. Well, not way right. later. Came later, but... Well, okay, so what's the deal with Guy Gardner then? So two humans. He's a human? Yeah, he's human and okay. John Stewart's human. So there's three. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But but didn't John Stewart kind of replace Hal Jordan at one point? They've all replaced Hal Jordan at one point. But Guy okay. Gardner was the first one. Okay, so Guy Gardner was the first replacement for Hal Jordan. Right. Okay. And then they were, then there was two humans for a while. And then John Stewart showed up. And now there then there was three humans. For for the whole universe, Earth gets a whole heck of a lot of lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they were assigned to uh, the same sector as Hal. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a and, green and, lantern. And their numbers either. were with what, what, what sector? Okay, so they're all the same sector. Okay, fine. As far as I know, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. 
So obviously now my comments about Sulu not doing much, that's totally changed. Well, pretty much changed. Has it? Still, all he did is put on a ring. What? Okay, fine. So next issue, we'll actually see it. But at least now he's got something to something to do something with. Right. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if this meant that Sulu and Scotty were engaged now. <laughs> oh, Mr. Funny Funny. Right. I was trying to be funny funny with the, the ring thing. Exactly. Yeah, well... I hope they do something with it in this last issue. Yeah. Well, he'll have plenty to do, I think. Because if this ends up being, I just have a feeling, a similar kind of battle as was going on in the Green Lantern dimension, um, they were fighting a lot of uh, dead guys. Right. Right. And like you said, his color is white. In this issue, we talked about the – or no, last issue, we talked about the White Lantern – um, Kyle Rayner being dead. Right. So when he put it on and it made that white aura on him, I was like, oh right. my goodness, is he going to be the the embodiment of the White Lantern in this universe? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Although white, it does look white. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good and, and by the way, the white, the white Lantern, is he human too? That's a human name. Kyle Rayner, yeah, he was, uh, he was a Green Lantern and then he was the White Lantern. Okay, but and, but then it was also Swamp Thing, who's also human, so <laughs> kind of human. He was human. Was and then he became a Swamp Thing, right? The embodiment of all swamps. <laughs> <laughs> a big, a big oozing mess. Okay, fine. Anyways, which we don't even know about. We don't know if the the DC universe that got destroyed in this comic book is the same DC universe that. Uh, that we that we read about in those books. So it's very confusing. Here's another thing confusing. When Scotty says uses the word replicate, wanting to replicate the ring, and he eventually is successful in doing it. Is he actually using replicator technology that only existed in Next Gen? Not Taws? No, I, I don't think so. Okay, so he's just using the word but not literally the technology. Right. Okay. I think he's replicating it by recre by, you know. What's it called uh, when you go reverse, reverse engineering? engineering? Yeah. He reverse engineered it and then created it with Starfleet components. Okay. I I think they were purposely using the word replicate though. To without actually saying you're using a technology that sh- that shouldn't exist yet. Uh, something to help explain how he was able to do all that so quickly. Because mm. I think there'd be some engineering challenges <laughs> that would take more than uh, an issue or two to resolve to actually create a ring like that. Right. Which is why I don't like it. Yeah. But Scotty is a medical worker. Indeed. Indeed. So, some of the panels, does Hal Jordan look a little bit like Chris Pine? Oh, uh, not that I noticed. Oh, there was a few times where I thought they looked a little similar. Oh, you mean the hairstyle and stuff? I don't know what it was. Just like the face. The face? Like the lips and the chin. I mean, I guess they're both white guys and same artist drew both of them, but... Right. 
But then I was like looking at it going, you know what? Chris Pine would have made a good Green Lantern. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah, he would have. But instead he's going to make, uh, be a good Steve Trevor? Is that Steve the name? Steve Trevor, yeah. Okay. So uh, the main squeeze of Wonder Woman. Right. Good for you, Chris. <laughs> good for you. Gal Gadot is pretty cute. Anyway, so um, let's see. So uh, I I don't really have anything else to say on this one. Uh, me either. I'm good. Cool. Okay. So the big thrill pack conclusion. How is this going to all wrap up? How? How, can I ask you, with even fewer Green Lanterns, are our heroes going to be able to overcome death itself? It's quite a poser. Uh, We're going to find out. Okay, so this is part six of the Spectrum War. Published date December 2015. Uh, Everybody's the same in the production creative team. Cover A features Green Lantern and the Enterprise moving at high speed towards the reader. Above is Uhura, Spock, Kirk, McCoy, and Chekhov. Below is Chang, Sinestro, Necron, Atrocitus, and Star Sapphire, which I thought was kind of odd because Star Sapphire is a good person, and she's down with bad guys, but whatever. I guess they just had to have balance. Okay, so they actually have two uh, subscriber uh, subscription covers. The first one is uh, hearkening back to the original motion picture, Star Trek The Motion Picture uh, movie poster, which is kind of cool. So they have uh, multiple colors of the spectrum shining down from above uh, from the actual different lanterns of the different colors. And then in the middle, we have uh, the heads of Kirk and Spock who flank uh, Hal, uh, the Green Lantern. And at the bottom is the Enterprise with a big blast of white light. Wonderful. Very colorful. Pretty. And sub, the second sub uh, subscription cover shows uh, Green Lantern and Kirk on a rock with uh, zombie hands reaching up towards them uh, from all directions. How will they get out of it? Amazingly, Spock is again walking on his home planet of Vulcan. He is again walking among his people. His mother is again in front of him and speaking to him. You'd think that Spock would be what passes for happy with Vulcans, but no. He can't get past the fact his mother and the rest are dead. Actually, reanimated corpses, to be precise. Spock's chat with the talking corpse of his mother is interrupted by the massive fight that has broken out all around him. It's Necron and his Legion of the Dead versus Starfleet and most of the surviving lanterns. An almost identical scenario is playing out in this dimension, as did in Green Lantern's dimension, but this time with Kirk and his crew in the middle of the fight also. Also, Ganthet is not present to initiate Last Light and offer a way out to the surviving lanterns. This contest is all or nothing. Kirk tells Scotty to fire the ship's phasers directly on Necron's location, regardless of collateral damage. Scotty says he's firing phasers at maximum power, but what comes out is more like Chekhov's power ring-assisted photon disks of light. A little confusing. 
Necron appears to have vaporized by the blast, but in short order rematerializes behind Kirk and Hal Jordan. Spock blasts many zombies, but avoids shooting his mother's cadaver, until Green Lantern John Stewart blows her away. Thanks, John. You're a heck of a talk show host. Sinestro shows up in time to take on Necron mano mano The fight continues, but they all realize they can't just continue doing what they're doing. They must find a way to combine all the Power Ring's emotional spectrum as the White Lantern did. St. Walker explains that in itself will not be enough. Only the life entity is powerful enough to overcome death. Life entity? What's that? He goes on to say, only when all the rings choose a wielder powerful enough to harness the entire spectrum of emotion will the life entity be brought to bear. Hearing this, Kirk has a flash of insight and puts McCoy's power ring on Spock's finger. It reacts powerfully, and Spock starts to glow. Chekhov and Uhura's power rings leave their hands and travel to Spock's. Jordan is encouraged by what he is seeing, but he says, Those are only three of the rings Ganthet brought with him. What about the others? Meanwhile, light years away in space, another battle continues between Chang, Praetor Decius, the, uh, the Gorn, Atrocitus, and Larflees. Suddenly, Chang, Decius, and the Gorn's rings fly from their hands and heads for Spock. Back on Vulcan, Sinestro is getting beaten badly by Necron. He tells Sinestro to embrace the inevitable, and then notices three streaks of colored light above him. Three rings land on Spock's hand. Hal says one more color to go to complete the spectrum. Green. Guy Gardner says one of the Green Lanterns must die to give up his ring. Hal says, maybe not, and orders all four Green Lanterns to surround Spock and shoot their green energy at Spock. A lantern logo forms around Spock, and bright, hot white light emanates from him. Out of the blinding white light forms a huge white alien being with wings. The life entity is reborn! The light and the rings leave Spock, and he falls forward. Kirk runs to him. All Necron can say is, Impossible! Spock says he is unharmed, while he looks around at the devastation the life entity is wreaking on Necron's legions of the dead. Spock recommends immediate departure of the planet to Kirk. Star Sapphire states the life entity is cleansing every trace of Necron's power. The dead planet of Vulcan, too, is to be cleansed. Kirk calls to Scotty for an immediate beam-out. From the safety of the Enterprise, they witness the planet Vulcan die again. Later they return to Earth for ship repairs and a Starfleet debriefing. Some of the Lanterns decide to stay on the Enterprise and join her in her missions. Other Lanterns decide to explore this big new universe, starting with Earth. Eventually, they found the remains of the Klingon, Romulan, and Gorn. Without their ring's protection, they died quickly in the icy vacuum of space. Sinestro, Atrocitus, and Larflees have all disappeared, but they will return someday. After Sulu's proving of Scotty's replicated power ring, it is now standard issue for Starfleet security. Kirk gives the order to take the Enterprise out. 
Their mission continues, but this time with Hal Jordan, Green Lantern extraordinaire, to lead the way with an opening monologue. My name is Hal Jordan. I am the Green Lantern assigned to Space Sector 2814. Here, in this new reality, my mission continues. I am sworn to protect strange new worlds, new life, new civilizations, to boldly go by Green Lantern's light where no one has gone before. The end. I would watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't press the reset button, did they? They didn't. I was so shocked. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Green Lantern pop up a time or two in the ongoing, right? No, that's not. <laughs> no, no, no. It has to. No, it's this all one can't. world. All one world. No, no, no. And that's why I say it's not going to happen. So obviously things have changed so fundamentally in where this comic book series has left things, this, this arc. Mm-hmm. That no, actually, it's its own little thing. It's its, it's its own little thing. It has nothing to do with ongoing. Right? It can't. It can't. It can't. Now, but if they if they want to have another one though in this universe, they could. Bingo. That's that's the saving grace of this this issue is that right. It leaves it open that you can have a another Star Trek DC comic crossover, and not have to come up with another contrived way as to why they're crossed over right they're crossed over because in this continuity this alternate dimension of both of them uh, they already have and and who's to say that Ganthet didn't bring over other heroes and stuff uh into the uh you know we only saw four green lanterns and you know one of all the other lanterns but who's not to say he didn't bring over more maybe right superman's out there batman's out there yeah well yeah but would they have been sucked over with last light I mean, who knows? We, it's so vague. That <laughs> I thought it was just lanterns. It I, doesn't I, say that. I now they. Well, okay. I'm I mean, well, I know because basically this is like this is like a backdoor uh, pilot, right? Kind of. So mm-hmm. if there was enough positive reaction to this, they could make an ongoing series about this. So wouldn't want an ongoing. Uh, <laughs> I like little mini series. Maybe once every. Well, year but they so. could. They could, sure. I don't think it would work. But right. I think it would wear thin if they tried to do it too much. Right. But they definitely have it all there. I mean, uh, sure, the Klingon Empire and Romulan Empire and probably Goran Empire are, to, to lesser or greater degrees, in disarray. But you do have the uh, three villainous lanterns still at large. Right. Right. Yep. So I wasn't happy in that it doesn't fit into the the ongoing continuity. You know, Hal Jordan's not going to pop up in Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> that could be how they get out of their situation, though. That would be handy. Yeah, well, if, if the Enterprise pull- is truly destroyed. If Scotty pulls out one of those white rings and starts flying around or shooting beams out, I'm going to be like, no, you can't do that. No, they they wouldn't do that. So, you know, I like it when everything fits together, but I I wasn't that upset when this was all over um, because, uh, you know, if it, it makes an interesting world uh, that could exist in just yet another alternate dimension. Right. Yep. 
And there's so many. And there was no reset button. No reset button. So we, we're not crazy about the reset button. Okay, we didn't get the reset button. They didn't pull that. So, okay, we got what we wanted. At right. least half of what we wanted. It worked. What the, he- what the heck is a life entity? Uh, an embodiment of life. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, okay, did St. Walker pull that out of an orifice or what? I mean, is, no. is that is that what happened when uh, the White Lantern beat him last time? Uh, yeah. Well, oh, okay. I think so. Okay, so that wasn't a comic book, right? Uh, yeah, they've done two Wars of Light that I know of in the comics. Okay, okay. So, and this life walk, this life entity, didn't pop out of whatever the the joined spectrum, or did? Well, yeah, it's the combination of all the all the lights. So Hal no, no, no. Jordan, okay. Hal Jordan actually had a white a white ring for a while too. So and and I think even Superman had one. So and there was actual Superman. white what white rings heck? that were given to some of the DC universe main heroes um, during that that thing. But yeah, I think there was the life entity came out then too. Yeah, he was there. Okay, okay. And I think I think that's the reason why when he died or whatever then it went to uh like i said it went to kyle rayner and it went to swamp thing and they became like the life entities there for a while because the real life entity was dead wait okay so they so they actually turned into the life entity which is clearly not what happened here the life entity something they weren't i don't know i i i did okay whatever Okay, I'm fine. gonna, I'm okay, gonna be honest. I didn't read it. Okay, okay, but fine. But I fine, read fine. about it, and I read stuff that happened after it where they make reference to it. So because I haven't read it, I've kind of had to maybe hodgepodge my own explanation as to what happened. But but yeah, I mean, I do have the comics where Swamp Thing was the life entity, and he was just this huge. Uh, you know, he he just became this. You know, he looked like Godzilla type sized kind of right uh, version of a Swamp Thing, but he was all white. And had the, the White Lantern uh, logo on his chest, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could have it could have been exactly like this too. I don't know. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But I wouldn't want to see a giant Spock. That would be silly. Well, I think that that would be silly too. But I I was envisioning it would be more like a white beam comes out of whoever is the wielder, and it just slices through uh, Necron. Right. That's what I was expecting. Not some new entity pops up that is huge and looks like some kind of weird alien thing. That's I wasn't expecting that. Right. Whatever. Anyway, it, it's yeah. I, I wasn't great. Okay. So let me just put let me just put it out there. I was not crazy about Spock's emotional control being the key. To bringing all the rings together, the spectrum, the emotional spectrum together. Uh, when I first read this, it was like, "What? What? What's what's going on? What, how did Kirk know that?" And it's like, and then this was the whole. I didn't get the whole. Uh, Ooh, Spock's emotional control was able to control the ring spectrum. I didn't get that at first, and then I went back and read it. It's like, oh, that's how there's. That's what they were saying. Okay, I still don't like it. So. Um, I wasn't crazy about that. And then I, I I love the possibilities of having the lanterns now 
in the Star Trek universe, the possibilities of that. But it's like, ooh, it's just it just seems muddled. I mean, Kirk and company have to do their thing on their own. Um, you know, if they have a super being like Hal Jordan around, it's like Q becoming part of the crew all the time. It's like, right. uh, it's like, I mean, what, what, how many times are you going to come up against something and not be able to overcome it because you got three lanterns on board? I don't know. Right. Well, real quick in regards to your comment about Spock controlling all the rings, um, I liked it. I liked the idea that, you know, because Spock's quote-unquote emotionalist that he was able to control it. But I He's don't not buy, emotionless. He has control over emotion. Yeah, but I don't buy the Quinto Spock being able to do that. Oh. If this was a Leonard Nimoy Spock right. story, I'd be like, okay, I buy it. Oh, He's, well, okay. That's true. Because Spock seemed to have much more control over his emotions than the two times we've seen Quinto. Because uh, right. in the first one, he lost it because everybody on Vulcan died. Sure. And then in the second one, he lost it because his buddy Kirk died. Yeah. He doesn't have a good track record of being able to keep his emotions no. in check. And yeah, he hasn't grown into – he's younger, so he hasn't grown – he hasn't ha- grown into having that emotional control that old Spock had. Yeah. Right. So you're saying that the Quinto Spock I should equate more to the Cage Sp- uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock? I'm not saying that. But that's a good uh, that's a good observation. So, Leonard Nimoy smiling is the same thing as losing your cool when Kirk and Vulcan die. Well, perhaps. Um, yes, he really liked that plant. It sung. Uh, it was a singing plant. Who wouldn't like it? But uh, yes, Spock actually smiled at that. Interesting reaction, and of course, this is all from the original pilot, the Cage which they turned into part one and two of Menagerie. And uh, yes, at a younger point, he, well, obviously when he was a kid, he lost control. Uh, He obviously has emotions. Right. So. Anyway, it's just this, this Spock, I, I had a hard time believing that he could keep all his emotions in check. Yeah. And I found it fascinating that just because someone can keep their emotions in check, they're able to transfer that control to this light spectrum thing that he has no experience with. Right. He's Spock. He can do anything. Well, apparently. Haven't you read enough gold key to know that Spock can do and be anything? Uh, Yes. Well, indeed. Anyways, I liked it. I liked the um, resolution was quick, right? You don't get a lot of, uh, you know, the battle with Necron wasn't all that big. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty big, but it was duplicative. And we already, we already heard all about this this battle that right. was done in the other dimension. Um, I do like the fact that because of obviously how they lost the first time, um, you know. They were headed for disaster the second time, unless something happened. And uh, something happened. So there were a lot of high stakes, obviously. A, there was a, an entire universe at, in, the, in the balance. A but second universe. Exactly. DCU's already gone. Yep. Yep. So Necron, he's still, he's still around in the universe, right? I mean, you can't kill death, so he, he would also be in this universe still. Along with Sinestro and Atrocitus and 
LaFreeze. Yep. They're all there. Now, I, I I don't know what the – I mean, I obviously the more immediate problem is going to be Atrocitus and those guys. Right. Sinestro. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. So, we've seen that LaFreeze has his lantern battery. But none of the other ones do. So, just because they're in this universe, how long can they be – how long will they have their lantern power? Because it's supposed well, to only last like a just day. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean they don't. But the good lanterns didn't. So nope. So can they can they like make those or what? Uh, only on the planet Oa. Okay, so basically because of the fact that Saint Walker stayed on the Enterprise, Hal and talk show host John Stewart um, are in good shape, but Kilowog and those other guys, uh, Guy Gardner and uh, Carol, since they decided to go on a walkabout on Earth, uh, they're going to run out of power. Right. They have no way to recharge them. Yeah. So I have seen in books where they were able to say that the lanterns keep their... Their lanterns uh-huh. in a little pocket dimension <laughs> near them, so that uh-huh. their ring can actually call out the lantern from this little pocket dimension. Sounds like uh, Star Trek Elite Force to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I don't. I don't really like that. I, I don't really like the idea that you have to recharge your ring anyways. Aside from that, you get to say the cool, the cool oath, right? But uh, but at least I don't know pocket dimension that's always just there. Eh. Yeah, but uh, that, that, but, that's but, when you uh, like you said last last week, a little too much magic. Yeah, and if there is a pocket dimension, then why doesn't Hal have that option? He does have the option in the comics. Well, that's, okay, that's but why doesn't doing. he have it here? He said very clearly, "We don't have power. We don't have lanterns to recharge from." Oh, did he actually say that? Yeah, that was in the earlier issues. That's why it was important uh, that Saint Walker be saved by McCoy. Ah, okay. Yeah, good point then. I'd forgotten that he said that. Yeah, so. Good point. So, oh no. How, and then how's Saint Walker replenishing his? I don't know. They. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, damn it. So is Spock and uh, Kirk now engaged? Well. You know, I kind of wonder about that. Uh, also, if you take a look at the cover of this issue, the main cover, it looks like uh, Spock is copping a feel on Kirk's uh, le- right breast. The main cover? Let me look at that one. Hmm. When they're inside of Hal Jordan's green protective uh, sphere. Oh, is that... That's that's number four, right? Uh Oh, I'm sorry, number five. Five, right. Yeah, yeah look at five. Look. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> if you take a look closely, uh, it looks like uh, Spock's constricting his hand around uh, Kirk's breast, right breast. Well, it's because he's in control of his emotions and he's not scared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite the fact he doesn't have an emotion chip to turn off. Okay. Well, since we're speaking of covers, I absolutely love the subscription A cover where yes. it looks just like the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture poster. That's a sweet one. 
That is a sweet one. I mean, they even have Pine's hair kind of sweeped up to look a little bit like Kirk's did there. <laughs> he definitely does have a Shatner look. Right. And well, I wonder I wonder if you looked at them side by side, is like the face, is is that like in exactly the same uh, position? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I've actually pulled them both up and, and looking at both. And uh, Pine and Shatner are pretty close. Uh uh, Leonard Nimoy and uh, Quinto's Spocks are a little different. They're both kind of like looking off to the side, uh, but Spock's more straight on uh, in the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture poster right. than, than Quinto is here. But yeah, so instead of Elia in the middle, it's uh, um, Hal Jordan, and then the, the rainbows actually with the lanterns instead of just being a rainbow. Right. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic when I saw that cover. (laughs) (laughs) I like it too. I like it too. Yeah. Gosh, there was another point I wanted to make about this. And then that would have been it. Mm. I can't remember what it was though. Oh, well. Uh, So you were talking about, you were hoping so much that uh, Spock would come into you know, would be having to deal with his reanimated mother. Right. So you got that at the beginning of this issue. So how do you like it? Hmm. Uh, well, he didn't, I mean, he, he was kind of paralyzed with uh, emotion. So, I mean, he, could, he couldn't really Really? React. I don't think you he think? was paralyzed. I mean, he couldn't do anything to her. I mean, well, he was okay, able to but, punch the other ones, but when but it came the, to her, he didn't do anything. Yeah, but from the very beginning, uh, you know, she's saying to him, oh, Spock, my dear son, how I've missed you. And then right off the bat, Spock is like, you are not my mother. You are a reanimated corpse. So he seems like he's got this this nailed down at the beginning. But yeah, he doesn't shoot her. You know, uh, John Stewart has to. But right. it's like, other than that, I think he was, uh, I think he was very logical about this. Right, but I wish he would have just, knowing that it's not her, he could have shot her. <laughs> I think that made. But him I guess low... she wasn't outright attacking him, so I guess no, he uh, really didn't have a reason to just yet. No, and I think, I think somebody else doing it was just more appropriate. I think that made him more human. Right. Rather than just, uh, boom, you know, you're not, you're a reanimated corpse, you know. Right, yeah. Now, what she was saying was awesome with, uh, you know, trying to mess with his mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just, like I said, the only thing I wished is that he wouldn't have had to have John Stewart do it. Yeah. It's, like, right. it's like she's right up against the phaser, like the phaser tips almost to her head, and he still can't pull the trigger. Right. Well, he loves his mother. Well, of course he does. But he can't, he doesn't have emotions, so. <sighs> Anyways, um, so you keep mentioning the John Stewart thing. So, so since we're never going to talk about Green Lantern again on the podcast, uh, there was um, an animated series called Green Lantern the Animated Series. Yeah, and in it, Hal Jordan goes off to fight the Red Lanterns, and he comes back to Earth later, and he finds out that he got replaced. Right, so while he was gone. This Guy Gardner guy takes over as Green Lantern of Earth. Guy Gardner or John Stewart? Guy Gardner. Okay, okay. And then there's a conversation, and he's real cocky, and 
you know, a jerk. Yeah. And then uh, John Stewart's like, "Who are you? What are you talking about?" And then you know he says, "I'm I'm the replacement." And he's like, "The Guardians chose you to replace me." And he's like, "Well, first they pick uh, John Stewart, but he's off doing something else now too." And then Hal Jordan's like, "The talk show host." <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all they ever talk about John Stewart in that in that in that TV series. But I just loved that line. <laughs> Good. Okay, it's good to see I'm not original, or or, or or my humor is too obvious. No, it was good. Uh, yeah, every time you said that, I was like, ah, I gotta tell him that story. <laughs> Which is a good TV series if you ever if you ever have a. It only lasted one season, but it was really good. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So so was that actually Green Lantern show? Yeah, or... it's called Green Lantern, the animated series. Oh, cool. Okay. Well. Yeah, and it was it was really good. I mean, it it didn't do well because it. It's not one of those SpongeBob, you know, dumbing it down for kids type thing. Even uh, though my kids liked it and really got into it, and there's a lot of emotional stuff that happens into it, and then they're they're really like, I can't can't believe so and so just died. You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> it for a cartoon. It was a really good cartoon, but good. it wasn't really aimed at kids, and they right. were trying to they put it in the you know the the kid time slot. Right. So it just didn't ever find its it's uh, audience. It's audience, and it got canceled after a year. But That's man, right. it was good. Hmm. So, anyways, well, you ready to wrap up uh, our possibly last stint in the Green Lantern universe? I think I think I'm I'm about ready to move on. Yes. All right. Well, I think next week we're going to go back to some IDW ongoing, right? So yes. See if see if any of this carries over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, actually, now uh, getting our taste these last two episodes of ongoing, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into the proper flow of things. Right. You mean the proper IDW ongoing continuity? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. And it's getting closer to Star Trek. Uh, beyond, so yeah, starting to get a little excited about that movie. I'm get, I'm very excited about it, and I just, I'm sure it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good movie. I, I think it's going to be, and but I have that little tinge of doubt. <laughs> right. I I think it's going to be really good. One thing I'm kind of wondering though is if they do truly destroy the Enterprise and don't press the reset button. And I hope I didn't mention this before. I hate to repeat myself, but I am getting old. Um, are we going to get a new Enterprise design? Yeah, Enterprise A. You got to sell sell more toys, dude. Well, I, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Now the original Enterprise in this reboot wouldn't have lasted very long at all, would it? No, it was a very short lived. Very short lived. Uh, and it got the tar kicked out of it a lot. It did, and and they did have to do a lot of repair work. Um, so is it going to look? More is the next one going to look more like the Vengeance, uh, or, oh, or are they gigantic like that? Well, or are, are they going to? Ch- I guess I'm kind of asking: Are they going to change the ship design much, or are they going to pull uh, Enterprise A? It's the same thing, but you know, same ship design, but it's just got an A at the end. Yeah, I hope I hope that it looks a little different. Yeah, I, I it would be an opportunity to do that only because you know. I made fun of them needing to sell more toys. I, being the consumer, need to buy more toys. <laughs> and I want to buy 
whatever the new ones are going to look like. Exactly. And so, I don't want them to just slap an A on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I just don't want, like, fins or something. They just better not be, like, whacked out with what they do. Right. Yeah, I don't want it to look more. I don't want it to look like the Vengeance with the big empty spot there in the. Uh, right, yeah. The saucer section. Yeah. It would be cool if they kind of squared off the nacelles, kind of like the how the motion picture Enterprise oh, had the square nacelles instead of the round ones. That's so old. I'm just saying, I, I like I like it if it's, you know, something a little more, more along those lines of a change as opposed to just a complete drastic. Right. You know, I don't want it to look like <clears throat> the Vengeance. I don't want it to look like the Kelvin. No, well, you don't want to go back. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I don't want to. I still want it to look like the Enterprise, like all the other Enterprises have been. Right. You look okay. at them, you're like, oh, that's the Enterprise. Well, yeah, and I'm sure they'll do that. It's just okay. I'm just wondering now, if they how they want you to go straight to the Ambassador class Enterprise. <laughs> I'm all over. You know, if they just roll that bad boy out at the end of the Star Trek Beyond. This is the new one. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, if they're going to go with a big change, I prefer something a little bit more like uh, Enterprise E or maybe Enterprise F. Thank you very much. I need to go back and look at F. I, I don't remember what it looks like. It's just another extension of the E idea. Mm. Yeah, something like that, you know. Right. But let's see what well, they do. We'll find out in just a couple of months. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week. Same okay. Trek time, same Trek channel. Sounds great. Thanks, everybody, for joining us uh, for the review. Later. Thank you for listening to Star Trek Comic Book Review. All Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios Incorporated. All music, stories, and characters discussed are for entertainment purposes only. You can email us at star t comic book review at gmail.com. Visit us at our website, www.stcomicbookreview.com. Subscribe to us via iTunes or friend us on Facebook at first name ST Comic, second name Book Review. See you next time on Star Trek Comic Book Review. Let's get the hell out of here.